The U.S. continues to pull out of Afghanistan, and fast. Our military commanders advised me that once I made the decision to end the war, we needed to move swiftly to conduct the main elements of the drawdown. And in this context, speed is safety. Speed is safety. President Biden said that last week when he announced the U.S. military operation in Afghanistan will end on August 31st. Troops are departing so quickly that earlier this month, some members of the Afghan military accused the U.S. of leaving its center of operations, Bagram Airfield, secretly in the middle of the night. The Pentagon disputed that and said high-level Afghan officials were looped in. One thing no one disputes, not even the president, is that the Afghan military is about to be left on its own to face a Taliban force that is stronger than at any point since 2001. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more, re- more competent in terms of conducting war. Yes. It is a fact, though, that in some areas, U.S.-trained Afghan forces are surrendering or fleeing the country, and the Taliban is sweeping in faster than anybody expected. I think the pace of these mass surrenders, as well as the fall of major districts, is not only surprising, it's quite shocking, because much of it is uh, without a fight. Bilal Sarwari, a journalist and analyst who's been closely following the fighting, told NPR that the Taliban has been systematically recruiting fighters from different ethnic groups, especially in the northern part of the country. And in some places, that means Afghans aren't surrendering to invaders, but to family members and community elders. People at the district village level said, well, why should we be fighting? At the end of the day, we are the ones living with the Taliban, living in villages with our own families. So why should we fight? Consider this. After 20 years, U.S. military operations in Afghanistan are all but over. And a new phase in the battle for control of the country is just beginning. From NPR, I'm Audie Cornish. It's Tuesday, July 13th. This message comes from NPR sponsor Sattva, the comfort company. Sattva was the first company to sell luxury mattresses online without the hassle or expense of traditional mattress stores, so Sattva customers have always paid about 50% less than retail. Visit com slash NPR today, where NPR listeners save an additional $200. Sattva, the comfort company. The economy is changing so fast right now, and sometimes it seems like there's something new to worry about every day. On The Indicator from Planet Money, we bring you human stories and easy-to-understand explanations to help you make sense of these crazy times. All in just 10 minutes a day. That's The Indicator from Planet Money. It's Consider This from NPR. Afghanistan is a big place, roughly the size of Texas. Forty million people live there. And the Taliban, well, they now control more than half of it, including almost all the borders. The U.S.-backed government mainly controls big cities and a large central area near the capital, Kabul. Recently, there have been reports of U.S. intelligence estimating that once the U.S. is fully out of the country, the Afghan government could fall in as little as six months. I'm not sure that uh, it's likely the government will fall in six months. Uh, But right now, it's the Taliban who has agency here. We gave ours up. Ryan Crocker, former U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan, spoke to NPR this past week. He spent decades as a diplomat in the Middle East and Asia. I think that it's entirely possible the government can hold 
if the Taliban decides not to pursue an all-out offensive. Uh, and that's what I meant here, that uh, it isn't the government that's going to be making that decision. It isn't us. It's the Taliban. We are going to have to wait and see what they do. The stakes are high in Afghanistan for women and girls. In the last 20 years, girls in Afghanistan have been going to school at higher rates. Women have been better represented in government. And their life expectancy has increased by 10 years. Now, those gains have been modest and uneven, mostly concentrated among women in cities. And even in cities, the progress has been tenuous. In March of this year, Afghanistan's largest city, Kabul, instituted a ban on singing in public for girls 12 and older. A social media campaign grew in opposition. Hashtag I am my song, with women and girls singing in defiance. After the pressure, Afghan authorities said the original policy was just a mistake, an ill-designed pandemic safety measure. But the original memo enacting the policy, well, it was reviewed by the Associated Press and it did not mention the pandemic or any other health concerns. In a press conference last week, a reporter from Afghanistan pressed Biden on women's rights there. Any message, good message for Afghan women in future? Because they have achievement, they are really concerned about their achievement. They are very concerned with good reason. Biden seemed to acknowledge how perilous things are. He recalled a meeting he had once with a group of girls at a school in Afghanistan when he assured them that the U.S. would soon leave their country. And the young woman said, you can't leave. You can't leave. It was, it was heartbreaking. You can't leave. She said, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. If you leave, I'll never be able to be a doctor. Well, that's why we spent so much time and money training the Afghan security forces. The U.S. will continue to support women and girls, Biden insisted, through its diplomatic and humanitarian support of the Afghan government. Thank you all so very much. And what about those Afghan security forces, the ones the U.S. has spent so much time and money training? Well, this week, NPR reached Sami Sadat, commanding general of the Afghan army. I'm in Nimruz province in southwestern Afghanistan, just a couple of kilometers off the Iranian borders. And towards the west and towards the south of uh, where I am is uh, 150 kilometers um, Pakistani border. So this is not the best place to be right now. Sadat told NPR his forces were preparing to clear pockets of Taliban from some villages in that area. But more Taliban were continuing to come into the country from Pakistan, across the border to the south. He spoke to Mary Louise Kelly. Just to make sure I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying there are Taliban fighters crossing the border from Pakistan into Afghanistan, and that's part of who your forces are are fighting now? That's correct. From Pakistan, the Taliban cross-armed with a lot of uh, IEDs and landmines and uh, vehicles and other means. Uh, There's a number of Al-Qaeda fighters uh, coming into Afghanistan recently 
I've never seen so much Al-Qaeda fighters in my area of responsibility. There's been this resurgence of Al-Qaeda battle groups coming back to life, creating like radio communication centers, creating um, facilitation nodes to support some of the Taliban fighters. So this is very active fighting. Your, your forces are, are engaged every day? Oh, yeah. So two nights ago, where I am right now, a thousand Taliban uh, from Farah province from across western Afghanistan made a push on one of our brigade headquarters. The battle was very intense. In the first few minutes, they conducted three vehicle-borne uh, IED attacks on our soldiers. Unfortunately, I have had casualties and injuries on my side. Of course, they have failed and many of them got killed. But this is the fight um, of today. You would see massing of Taliban into a thousand in southwestern Afghanistan and then making a run for some of our forces. Why are some Afghan forces surrendering to the Taliban and sometimes without a fight? I think, Mary Louise, there is a sense of abandonment amongst the Afghans from when the U.S. left. They feel abandoned and left alone. The other reason is the massive propaganda conducted by the Taliban. It's playing into their their air. The third reason is really logistical uh, support. Afghanistan is a very large country. The territory is very big. Conducting ground operations to resupply some of your areas. Uh, the terrain is very bad. So in my assessment, there's three things have been like the main reason why some of the forces couldn't hold their ground. But this is not in a scale that would worry some of the uh, strategic locations of Afghanistan, so where Afghan forces are still holding. Are they? I mean, I am I, seeing reports that the Taliban has seized a third of the country's provincial districts. I think the district centers have been seized, but a lot of the strategic assets, like the hydropower dams, the urban areas, the economic centers, uh, is still with the Afghan forces. There was worries. Does the Taliban not it. now have they not made huge gains along the borders? including their border with Iran, close to where you are? Uh, not in my area of responsibility, but they have made some gains uh, in Farah and Herat province. Uh, that was quickly retaken by uh, some of the local leaders, you know, accompanying the security forces. In Farah, we still have a large area of our border with uh, Iran controlled by the Taliban, but they're seeing people moving in to take that back. I want to follow on something you said, which is you think one factor here is... Afghan forces feeling abandoned. The U.S. is now saying all U.S. forces will be out by August 31st. How does it feel to you? Do you feel like you're on your own in this fight now? I kind of do, and I've, I kind of felt that when the Taliban and the U.S. agreement uh, came to fruition and the limitation of the airstrikes. And uh, I will miss them, you know, and I have some of my best friends, you know, some of my best uh, battle comrades. But I understand they have their own country. I have my own country. They have other things to do in the world. And um, I need to be responsible for what we're doing here. Despite your efforts, if things get worse instead of better, if the worst comes to pass and, and your government falls, what responsibility do you think the U.S. bears? 
Well, I don't think for a second that our government will fall. Um, and I, of course, you know, things um, are at stake and they're dangerous. And I think we have lost part of our country and uh, some of our districts. We want to fight back from our cities. We want to remobilize in our cities and go back and attack. And, and I'm asking lose, that in part that's... because you'll have seen the, the reports of U.S. intelligence estimates saying Kabul could fall in as soon as six months after U.S. forces are fully out. I disagree with that assessment. I believe Kabul will become much more stronger in the next few months. The central government is linked with the communities and people will grow stronger. There is a possibility that some of our cities might may fall into the hands of the Taliban, but we want to continue fighting. You know, if, if a city falls, we will attack from another city. If a district falls, we will attack from the cities. We will never give up. You know, we will continue to fight and I think it's only time that we will convince the rest of the world that we could win this fight and we should win this fight. Commanding General of the Afghan Army, Sami Sadat, speaking to NPR from southwestern Afghanistan. Well, I certainly can't speak to the details that uh, that the general gave you, uh, but I would tell you a, a couple of things. One On Tuesday, have... Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby told NPR that if he had to describe the situation in Afghanistan in a single word, it would be concerning. But he said the Pentagon believes, with the Afghan military's 20 years of training in Air Force and advanced weaponry, it is, quote, not inevitable that the Afghan government will fall. But whatever the outcomes are, good or bad, I think when we look back, we're going to be able to tell ourselves it came down to leadership. Afghan political leadership, Afghan military leadership. They have all the advantages. It's really just a matter now of whether they're willing to use those advantages in the field to prevent that sort of outcome from happening. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Audie Cornish.